0: Rigged. The rigged, symptom, normal, and by this is Rigged. I'm Terry Saka. Today we're going to talk about red flags are screaming. There are red flags that are popping up that are big indicators of, uh, you know, economic uh, activity, uh, insider activity. Uh, things that we used to always say, you know, cliches like, you know, the, the canary in the coal mine. Uh, when the canary of the coal mine dies and falls over, then there's something to pay attention to. And we, we knew this was coming. It always really was there. But it's um, it's definitely screaming now more than ever. And I just want everyone to be aware because we still see a lot of people wanting to go into the stock market uh, with all the euphoria that there's going to be these bailouts and uh, continued stimulus, which is true. Uh, but the problem is the, the banking system is in such failure. They're now at a near negative four on the repo market. This is not good. There are serious problems in the global banking system. There always was, as we contended for the last year, year and a half. I contend that's why the whole virus really got kicked off. Or, if anything, they took advantage of it to, to try to uh, use that to, to realign us into a new system. The new systems coming, folks, you know, whether we like it or not, the central bank digital currency system is definitely in play. They're going to do it. It's just a matter of when. But more importantly, is how can they fool the the people, we the people, into accepting it? Because really, my take on a cashless society is you really hurt the the poor and you hurt the, uh, the poor, the lower class, probably more than anything. Um, you, you just hurt average people because without currency, it, it changes a lot of transaction and it complicates things in ways. But anyway, they, they're going there. Russia's already started it. Uh, China, as we talked about, has already implemented it in certain regions. We're not ready yet. So we need about two or three years in order to fully achieve reaching that point. Uh, but we're now at that level where they're setting the stage for something. And I contend that we the the something was Hillary was supposed to get in and then we were going to go to war and then use the destruction of the war to then say we need a new Marshall Plan and we need to rebuild the system. And here's what we have to do. Trump comes in and he destabilizes the whole entire plan. He says, no, I'm going to pull an Andrew Jackson and I'm going to bring the money, the power. Back to the people. Make America great. Make individuals great. Make entrepreneurs. Let us reel in the fruits of the labor and the prosperity that America always was. And that was in contrary, uh, stark contrast to what the world order wanted. They want the global central control. I mean, we don't have to go any farther than Klaus Schwab. They're at the World Economic Forum and the other people that are attached to him and those in our government. There's plenty. There's probably a good third, if not more, in our government tied to the Chinese and the global system. Definitely everyone on the left is just about. I still think there are good old fashioned Democrats. But for the most part, they're drinking the Kool-Aid of this communist or the one world socialist order. So I don't really believe that the economy is going to go that direction. And I think that's what they want. As you can see, the new administration's coming in and, and doing nothing to assist, but everything to hurt. Destroying jobs everywhere. Pipeline jobs and in, in the it just goes on and on. It's just really ushering in the, the continued destruction. Well the insiders are paying attention. And so even in the Wall Street Reporter, they come out and said that the the red flags emerge in US stocks with insiders rushing to sell. Out of Bloomberg, the the list of warning signs for the rally that pushed the U.S. stocks to another record is growing longer as the S&P 500 index embarked on a torrid uh, four-day advance. Corporate executives and officers have stepped up selling shares in their own company. So much so that there were five insider sales for every one buy. That ought to tell you something, let alone you want to go in a little conspiracy hole. You see all the people resigning, the CEOs resigning. Why? Now, that resigned just before the election. But I contend there's a bigger reason why they know this big economic collapse is coming because it's part of the system. It's the, the, the design of it all. So we know because in the S&P 500, if you compare the S&P 500, now these are all flags. I'm just going to kind of go through them. But the S&P 500 versus the federal assets in the billions, which are now trillions. And what was interesting is leading up to January of 2020, the stock market in the S&P started really coming off. And this was in March uh, when we all started the whole pandemic, the, this whole kind of, well, I won't go there, but you know what I mean. The, we had the big sell-off. It was at that point, which I this is where I find it interesting that the New York Fed enters into the repo market just two months before this chaos and started buying $40 billion of U.S. Treasuries and $12 billion of mortgage-backed securities on a weekly basis. They did it again in February of 2020 and then in March of 2020, right on the heels of the stock market collapsing. And if you notice now on the chart comparison to how much money the Fed is buying or printing, however you want to, however you want to do that, when they're buying these treasuries, they're basically printing money. They're, it's all smoke and mirror, but they're they're buying debt they shouldn't be buying. So basically, our government is issuing debt and then buying it right back. You see what I mean? It's like a it's a shell game. It's, it's really kind of fraudulent, in my opinion. But when you see the chart, you'll see that the. Federal reserve money printing or buying of the debt coordinated very well with the stock market retracing and going back up. And right now where the S&P sits at around 3750 in change is equal to the amount of money printing that the Fed was doing. And so, you know, really over the past year the Fed's balance sheet has grown at an unprecedented speed. Now we call, we do this in the billions year over the year change. But if you were to actually see the chart where it was at zero, then we spiked in 09 and then we spiked in 15. And then we actually went negative. Remember when they started by saying, Oh, we're going to start paying down some of this. They, they started buying back some of the debt. They, they rose. They made the interest rates rise just a little. That was all fake. We all knew it. They were doing it just so they could crush it back to zero like they did. It was when they went negative there, it was in the the latter half of 19 and 20. If you look now, they have literally stimulated $4 just on that aspect of the book alone, which is a major flag, if you notice, going all the way back to 2000. We have never seen this level of debt increased. And what I find fascinating on the real GDP, what we produce as a nation in its growth, when you exclude debt, meaning these bailouts and the way the Federal Reserve is buying all of these treasuries. If you go back to around the time frame, I'd say around 2007, before the major uh, Great Depression or Great Recession, they call it, we were actually in the positive. We actually had a real GDP number and it looked really good. But ever since 2008, we started declining. When you exclude debt, mind you, we didn't need the debt as much back then. And then you come up to 2013, we started going negative, meaning the real GDP growth needed the debt to survive. And when you come across all the way to today in 2020, we are literally trillions upon trillions in the negative on GDP growth, meaning if they didn't issue debt at the level and the rate that they've been doing, we would have a completely collapsed economy already. And it's a staggering chart when you see it. So we've already crossed the line. We have been there for the last five, six years. But the last two years have been more extraordinary than anything else. That's for sure. Uh, The real interest rate expectations have also uh, declined and declined dramatically. We go back to 1997, where on the 10-year tips, the yield was upward near 4%. We are now crossing over to negative we're down into negative one. We weren't even that bad when you go to the 2012 time frame when we had that crisis coming in. We are negative more so than that. So you see, these are serious flags telling you that the monetary system is busted. Well, we keep telling you it's been busted. But when you start to see the data, it really changes things. And this is all coming out of Bloomberg. So it's not exactly that they're hiding it, but it, you just have to understand that they don't want you really knowing. And the part that gets me, I think, the most is the labor force participation rate. And if you take that back to really 2003 and then bring it up to 2008, the, the labor force participation rate is a big deal. How many people are in the workforce? And then ever since 2008, of course, we know that we collapsed. We had a lot of unemployment. We came down to somewhere near 63 on the rate. And then, of course, in the big pandemic, we collapsed even further. And yet we haven't even reached back to where we were before the pandemic, not even close, meaning we're not working. And we know because you look at some of the states that are still shutting down, they're destroying businesses, destroying opportunity. And now this new administration comes in and the very first thing they do is start destroying jobs and destroying entrepreneurialism and destroying opportunity. And now they're talking about raising taxes and doing everything else that will continue to destroy it. But what bothers me even deeper than that on the participation rate for labor is the wealth. Who in our country is participating in the wealth? And if you look at millennials, share of household wealth is still incredibly stubbornly low. So if you go to the average age of around 30 years old in your 30s, right now in 2020, the millennials are in their early 30s and they own just 3% of the household wealth. Or the same time in 1990, the baby boomers owned 21% of the household wealth. Big difference. Today, if you bring it across, the, the boomers own basically most household wealth at upwards to 60% of all household wealth. Where Generation X and millennials are staggeringly low. We're killing the opportunity. We're killing the opportunity to continue the cycle of wealth creation. And what I say is it goes into this thing called like effectiveness of stimulus in and in generating broad based opportunity and reducing the wealth inequality. Well, when you look at diminishing returns, when you print a dollar, how much do you get back? And that is a big number we don't want to go into right now. But diminishing returns on monitoring fiscal stimulus was really important. It's what made the difference of when the government printed something, what did they get for it? Increasing sums yield diminishing results while increasing risk of systemic collapse. You can go all the way from the beginning of all of this collapse from the 2008 QE1, QE2, 3 plus. The Fed stimulus in March of 2020 was $3 trillion plus in just three months the pandemic stimulus number one, pandemic stimulus number two, pandemic stimulus number three. We are now increasing so high on that effectiveness of stimulus, we have crossed down into financial and social order crash territory. Now, though few seem to be aware of it, we're teetering literally on a cliff's edge. The final manifestation of central bankers' insane folly is the promise that endless wealth can be yours if only you join this speculative extreme racing over the cliff. That's why I say caution. The red flags are everywhere right now. Be very cautious. I get speculating, but be cautious and start to diversify into tangible assets like silver and don't care about the price. Because it's all manipulated right now, but the physical is the physical and it will have its day and the wealth transfer will take place. So they want you to get into this extreme speculative behavior because they need your money to feed the trough. Maybe the immense herd of speculators, and especially the young, will all magically grow wings once they're in a free fall off the cliff. That's no more insane than counting on speculative asset bubbles to magically create real enterprise and real jobs. And we know it's not happening. We know there is an issue. And we just have to look as simply as velocity of M2 money, which is all the money that is being saved in savings accounts, checking accounts and such, as compared to all sector debt, including securities and loans. If you look at what we're producing as a nation, and then you see a skyrocketing debt chart, when that financial crisis started back in 2008, The velocity of money has collapsed. And so with velocity of money always stayed way above the debt level, but we actually crossed over the debt level. Velocity of money went below the debt level. So as debt is staggeringly in in an uprise, you see velocity of money, the availability of the cash going literally down to nothing, almost negative. And that's not good, America. The red flags are there. I would definitely be paying attention to them. Stay very focused and diligent. Anything, please, just go to cash or be very cautious on your speculative investment in paper. And I do encourage, stay focused on physical, tangible assets and get your household in order because we got a bumpy ride ahead. Till next week, God bless you.
1: With record money printing, wild fluctuations in the stock market. And our devalued currency, only one easily accessible investment has stood the test of time, and that is precious metals. Precious metals, such as physical silver and gold, are a store of value, provide stability for your portfolio, and are the most widely accepted hedge against inflation and market volatility. Fortunes of incalculable wealth have been built throughout history through ownership of these wonderful metals and smart investors still rely on the dependability of silver and gold to protect and preserve their hard-earned wealth and prosper in times of economic uncertainty. Call Cornerstone Asset Metals today at 888-747-3309 to protect, preserve and prosper with silver and gold. Call 888 888- or visit cornerstoneassetmetals.com